Merry Christmas, everyone. This is Elizabeth Smith-McCrossin, MLA for Cumberland North, here to provide you with my weekly constituency update. And today is Monday, December the 20th. My mission as your MLA for Cumberland North continues to be rebuilding Cumberland North together with you. Together, we will build on a foundation of truth and justice, determination and dedication, servant leadership, honesty, and empowering all people, every single person. We will build on the pillars of healthcare, poverty reduction, caring for our Mother Earth, and entrepreneurship and and business. This past week in Cumberland North, some, not all, of the issues that we worked on in our office included lack of registered nurses, lack of psychiatrists and family physicians, lack of paramedics and EHS availability, lack of housing, pandemic and impacts on local schools, COVID testing availability, roads, culverts, and other related problems. The highlight of the week for me as your MLA was the removal of the tolls at the Cobblequid Pass for all Nova Scotia residents, including our commercial vehicles. I am so happy for you, the people of Cumberland North, and all Nova Scotians, but especially our people here in Cumberland. The tolls have been an extra tax on the people of our area since 1996. The tolls represented a real division in our province, making the people of Northern Nova Scotia, north of the pass, really feel separate from the rest of the province. And so many decisions just enforced that feeling. But last week, a change was made. No longer will the people of Cumberland County, Cumberland North, have to pay an extra tax to travel to other areas of the province. There is much history on the tolls, back to a funding controversy in 1994, where it was alleged that a federal cabinet minister actually attempted to divert federal funding to Cape Breton. The fact is, this toll, this extra tax, has been controversial since the day the decision was made to put it on. The fact is, everyone in Nova Scotia pays a gas tax, a fuel gas tax, which is supposed to pay for road maintenance. But the people of Cumberland paid double. We paid a gas tax and an extra tax in the form of a toll. So this is a victory for all of us. Let's take it for what it is, an early Christmas present, one that we all deserve. The government is planning on keeping the toll on for non-Nova Scotia vehicles, My prediction is that that will not last more than a year. The cost of operating the toll plaza will likely exceed the revenue that will be generated in tolls from non-Nova Scotia residents, but it will likely take them at least a year to figure that out. The employees that work at the toll plaza are important, and they all have been told by government that they will be offered employment opportunities within the government and that they will not lose their jobs. Technically, keeping the tolls on, even for non-Nova Scotia residents, will require an amendment to legislation, as legislation currently states that once the debt is paid, the tolls are to be removed. And thankfully, Minister Kim Maslin, the Minister of Public Works, along with Premier Tim Houston, did make a decision to use the excess cash that's been sitting in the Western Alignment Corporation to pay off the debt that should have been paid off in total in 2019. So now, moving forward, I'm going to focus on capital infrastructure needs here in Cumberland North, and I did communicate some of those in a press release last week. 
So between now and the new year, I'll be writing formal letters to each cabinet minister, identifying the infrastructure needs here in Cumberland. Some of the comments that I shared in my press release last week included that we deserve much more here in Cumberland, that really over the last number of years, there's only been one funding announcement for capital infrastructure. And we're grateful for that. That was the Pugwash Hospital, but so much more is needed, such as a sidewalk or bridge so that pedestrians can safely access the Cumberland Regional Healthcare Center. There is a need to repair the Tidnish pedestrian bridge, and we need designated funding for repairs and continue maintenance on the dikes, abato, and other vital parts of our Shignecto Isthmus. A cancer care unit and corresponding service is needed at the Cumberland Regional Healthcare Centre. There's been several other infrastructure items that I have advocated for over the last few years, and I will continue to do so. There has already been made a, a commitment made for a dialysis unit at Cumberland Regional. Uh, we also are looking to expand the Amherst Industrial Park to the other side of the Trans-Canada Highway. I'm looking for psychiatric care at our Cumberland Regional Healthcare Centre. A new storm drainage system is needed in the communities in the village of Pugwash, as well as the community of Wallace. And a renovation expansion of our Cumberland Regional Healthcare Center is needed, is needed, and actually a commitment has been made for, for an expansion of our emergency room. And we also need construction and upgrades to internet as well as cell, cell phone towers here throughout Cumberland North. I will also be looking to support the goal of building a wellness sportsplex center here in Cumberland County, and we'll be working with my municipal partners on trying to bring that to fruition. Housing continues to be a major priority for us here in Cumberland North, and last week we had a meeting with developers to identify barriers that are in the way to increase housing supply. I had a meeting with developers along with um, and two incredible men that came up from Halifax from the Department of Housing and uh, along with our mayor of the town of Amherst, Mayor Kogan, and the mayor of the county of Cumberland, Mayor Murray Scott. Developers helped to identify barriers and helped us to see what our municipal and provincial governments could do to accelerate housing development here in Cumberland and really throughout all of Nova Scotia. So I'm looking forward to seeing um, these barriers removed and working with our municipal and, and provincial counterparts to do so. It's our entrepreneurs, it's our developers, it's our business women and men that will be the ones that will build housing and renovate to increase our housing supply. So it's imperative that we as government officials do everything we can to work with our developers to urgently increase our housing supply. So thank you. I want to say send out a thank you to every carpenter, every plumber, every electrician, every tradesperson that is working with our developers to actually get this done. Um, there's a lot of development that has happened, but we need much more. And it will only happen because of our tradespeople and because of um, people like being willing to take a risk and make investment in housing here in our community. So thank you to each and every one of you that are making it happen. And I'm committed to doing everything I can to remove any barrier that's in your way so that we can ensure every single person in our community, regardless of their income level, has a safe and warm place to lay their head each and every night. 
paramedic services, uh, again, was on the agenda last week. I want to say we have amazing paramedics, amazing dedicated paramedics here in Cumberland. They're dedicated professionals. And our paramedics here in Cumberland, I would say every day, if not every day, just about every day, are being pulled out of Cumberland to serve other areas of the province. And this has to stop. This has to stop. Our people here, our residents, deserve to have 911 and EHS response in a timely and reliable manner. So I would like to, once again, thank our paramedics, and I also want to assure them and you, the public, that I will work with government to find solutions to stop having our paramedics having to leave Cumberland on a daily basis to serve other areas of the province and have assurances that they will be here to serve our people in times of need, in times of urgent 911 needs. COVID, COVID testing and vaccines. As we come to the end of the year, the end of 2021, we consider when things will get back to normal after the pandemic. And the conclusion is that this era of unpredictability is not going away anytime soon. One important source of uncertainty right now is this Omicron variant, which is advancing around the world really at an astonishing rate. Cases of Omicron are fast outstripping those of the Delta variant, and it appears as though this new variant is highly transmissible. Scientists are still assessing how dangerous the virus is and if vaccines that many of us have taken will provide protection from the new variant. One thing we all know for sure is it has changed many of our Christmas holiday plans. Based on public health recommendations, please get tested by booking online. There are appointments available seven days a week here at the clinic, the testing clinic here in Amherst. Rapid tests were available last week at libraries across the province, but were literally gone within two days. The provincial government has not indicated if they will be, will be providing more or not. Third doses of vaccines for the COVID virus are available. You can book online. If you require assistance, please call my office at 902-661-2288 and my staff will be happy to assist you. I'm looking forward to assisting with the COVID vaccine clinic this week. As a registered nurse, I am fully uh, supportive of the prevention of illness through vaccination. Another area of importance is home care services. I've been contacted mostly by seniors who are not, have not been receiving the care they need in their home due to staffing shortages with VON. Continuing care have not been able to find enough resources in our community to adequate, adequately fulfill local requirements of care. If you are someone in need of care in your home and are not getting the services you qualify for, please contact me, 902 6612288 and I will do my best to get you the services that you need. The effectiveness of adult protection continues to be a problem. Uh really, I know it's not happening just here in Cumberland North, but province-wide. And because of that in the fall sitting of the legislature, I tabled legislation to have this bill, the Adult Protection Act, amended with a goal for the for the legislation to be more effective. When people are in need of protection, most times the calls for help go unanswered. 
There are just too many people living at risk in our communities, and we owe it to them to provide protection when it's needed. It's going to take political will and personal will to want to help others, and I will continue to advocate for changes with adult protection. There is a $500 senior care grant available now thanks to the new government and I want to give credit to Minister Barbara Adams for this. I previously worked with her within the PC caucus and can tell you firsthand she is very passionate about seniors care and is very wants to ensure that all seniors in this province um get the care that they need. And because of that, uh, her and the government put forth this senior care grant. So if if you know of any senior that uh, would benefit from this, please let them know about it. Now, there are are criteria for eligibility, of course, uh, and I will share this link on my Facebook site. But if, if you are looking for more information on the senior care grant, you can either Google it uh, or you can call my office to get more information. We actually have paper applications, but you can also apply online as well. So if you're listening and you know of any seniors um, that would be eligible, please let them know. And even uh, if you're able to, help them apply online. And uh, as not all seniors are savvy on the internet, so please help them out there. This $500 senior grant is to help seniors pay for things to help them stay in their home. So things like uh, snow removal, which is very timely this time of year. Last week, the provincial government announced a, a business support grant as well for specific business sectors that were impacted by the latest provincial pandemic public health restrictions. So if you know of any businesses that are needing help, please let them know about this new business sector impact support program. Last week, I attended um, a little gathering put on by Mothers Against Drunk Driving, um, along with some of our law enforcement officers, to promote Project Red Ribbon. MAD, or Mothers Against Drunk and Impaired Driving, work tirelessly, many of them from a place of very personal pain, to prevent more unnecessary injury and death from people driving who shouldn't be. So please, please do not drive if you have had any mind alter- alternating substances such as cannabis or alcohol anytime, but especially this holiday season. And if you're with others, um, please prevent friends or family from doing so as well. Another topic that I worked on last week, um, along with my counterpart, the Member of Parliament, Dr. Stephen Ellis, was the Chignecto Isthmus. So a couple of weeks ago, I did travel to Ottawa and met with shadow ministers to urge work to be done on the Chignecto Isthmus to protect us against flooding from rising sea levels. And I'm happy to, to say that Dr. Stephen Ellis's office contacted me last week to let me know that he's also continuing to work on our behalf um, on this important issue, asking for the Federal Minister of Transport and the Federal Minister of Climate Change to address these needs urgently. Last week, we had something to celebrate once again as Nova Scotia reached a 1 million population milestone. And while we need more people of working age to fill the need for jobs in this province, I also want to encourage our government to make housing and recruitment of doctors and nurses a priority. 
As our population increases, so does the number of people without a primary care provider, and this number is growing daily. And hospital beds are, are closing due to a nursing shortage. So I'm going to work with government to increase housing supply as well as recruit more doctors and nurses to our province and to Cumberland North. Last week, a report was released by the Fraser Institute on wait times in Canada. The study measures wait times for medically necessary procedures, finding that the median wait time across Canada is 25.6 weeks. Not only is that wait time up from last year, it's actually the highest wait time recorded since the survey began in 1993. This study provides a great example of leveraging the national scope of the Fraser Institute towards an issue that is critical in Atlantic Canada. In fact, the maritime provinces have had the three highest overall wait times in the country, as shown in this study. While wait times are long and growing longer across the country, Nova Scotia's median wait time of 53.2 weeks really stands out. It's more than double the national average. Now, I'm not surprised to read the findings of this report as we experienced here a huge increase in wait times due to border restrictions from March 2020 until uh, this summer. This report emphasizes the need for our maritime provinces to work together as a region in all areas, but especially in healthcare. We're just too small to work in isolation as provinces, and we must work to remove provincial borders and interprovincial barriers such as licensing and physicians' billings. I encourage everyone listening to take time to read this report, which I will share online and in my emailed uh, weekly update. Birthdays, I'd like to extend birthday and anniversary greetings to anyone who's celebrating this week, including, I want to mention yesterday on Sunday was Fred Cameron's birthday. Today, the 20th, is Tanya Meekins. Tuesday, the 21st, is Andrea Como and Trisha, Trisha Dewar. On Wednesday, Haley Johnson. Haley is my beautiful niece. Thursday, Mark Milner and Sherry Blair Cameron. I remember Sherry well from growing up in Northport. Her older sister Rosalie and I were partners in crime. On Friday, Deborah Dawn Collicutt. And on Saturday, Christmas Day, Charles Purdy of Malagash celebrates a birthday. So happy birthday to anyone else uh, as well who, who may be celebrating this coming week. Obituaries. I would like to send my sympathies to anyone who has lost a loved one recently, including the family and friends of Jessica DeLorme. I actually attended Jessica's funeral on Friday. Uh, it's incredibly devastating. Uh, this beautiful young woman uh, will be missed by her family and friends. And her mom, Elaine Ferdinand of Pugwash, and I went to high school together. And Elaine spoke um, at the celebration of life. It was, um, she was incredibly courageous to do so. And I want to send my, extend my condolences to everyone, including Jessica's uh, beloved husband, Chuck, who many of us know here in, in the Amherst area, as he owns, um, Woodchuck Construction. I also would like to send my sympathies to anyone else who has lost a loved one, including the families of Robin Matthews, Carl Martin, and Colin Frederick McKenzie. Merry Christmas to everyone in Cumberland North and to everyone else who may be listening today. Christmas represents forgiveness, true forgiveness. It represents love, 
and hope. Please meditate on those things and do not let your hearts be stolen by the fear of the COVID virus or by the marketing of retail industry. Give gifts of meaning and remember that those gifts are often priceless. Spend time with those you love and Merry Christmas from my family to yours. I'd like to thank CFTA 107.9, Ron Bickle and all the staff at 107.9 for providing me with this opportunity to provide you with my weekly constituency MLA update. Merry Christmas, everyone. Take care of yourselves and take care of others.